Welcome to the Broadcast Dialogue podcast, the show all about the media industry in Canada. Cornicky and Mel, real, honest mornings. Ottawa's Real Rock, Rebel 1017. Everybody's working from home and stuff around here, and an idea came up a few weeks ago. It's like, man, it sure would be nice to be able to go to a festival, right? Well, we can't. So we thought to ourselves, well, if we were bringing you a little festival through the radio, we could do that. If we could build our dream festival. And the bands that we'd love to have on stage. Who would we put in it? Money's no object because there's no money being exchanged hands here. It's just grabbing the best of the best. So starting tomorrow night, Friday, 7 p.m., we'll kick it all off by uh, Rocking Local with Real Rock Search finalist uh, up, uh, Eve of Uprise Rock and Engine, Taming Sorry, plus some of our previous bands like Double Experience, Villain, Unface, many more. We're celebrating the local music scene, and then boom, 8 p.m., welcoming onto our stage the Headstones for an hour-long set. They'll roll off. A quick changeover, we'll see Rage Against the Machine take to the stage for two hours. Now, somebody said, uh, can I watch all this? Sure, you can stare at your computer screen. It's music. <laughs> no, no people are actually performing. Ottawa's Rebel 1017 is hosting virtual Rebel Fest over this May-long weekend, a way to satiate its listener base of live music lovers in the age of social distancing, with up to two-hour stop sets of some of the active rock station's staple bands, including those in the city's thriving local scene. At a time when most of its counterparts rely heavily on gold content, Rebel has established a reputation as one of the most current new rock stations in the country. On this episode of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast, we talk to Operations Director Tim Viachorik about rock, radio, risk-taking, and weathering uncertainty as an independent. My name is uh, Tim Vuchorik, and I'm the director of operations for uh, Re- Rebel 1017 in Ottawa, uh, which is a tourist media uh, company. My, my career in radio started about 40 years ago this summer. I started at an independent station uh, at the time. It was uh, Shea FM. started there as a sales rep. I, I think I was the fourth salesperson they, they hired, and um, it went from there. I, I've done a lot of things. I, I went from Shea into television for a couple of years and found that kind of boring. It took so long to get things done in TV and radio, I was used to radio was so fast and immediate. And I've been a big fan since I, of radio since I was a kid. I, I think I was about seven or eight and my mom bought me a, a crystal radio set and you know I, I could tune in all these cool stations at the time. And, and I just sort of fell in love with the medium back then. And I've worked in country music. I've worked in rock. I, I worked for Standard Broadcasting when we had a little AM station called 54 Rock. And it's been quite a journey. And I went to uh, Belleville and I worked for uh, Belleville Radio Limited. And I got to put a, a country music station on air. I uh, was a the general manager for Chorus Entertainment in Cornwall when they bought those three stations. And uh, from there, went with Chorus to uh, Kingston and ran uh, the sales for uh, their two radio stations and tele- television. Then uh, got restructured about uh, five years ago now, I think. And then three years ago, I got approached by Ed Torres about this uh, rock station they just relaunched in, in Ottawa. and. You know, what was so cool is that 
it just seemed like the perfect fit for all my experiences. You know, I've had the, I work with some amazing program directors right over the years and, you know, guys like Steve Caldwell who did shave for years. And, you know, I remember going into his office and bugging him about how come we don't do this? How come we don't play this? And he patiently explained things to me and worked with a, a guy named Gary Olby. You know, he's programmed a lot of rock stations and, you know, spent hours talking to him about, about radio and, and rock music and, it was a great opportunity and, and I'm, so I'm here now and right now uh, with Rebel, I, I run the operation and we're in the sales department, I run the program department and uh, we have, a, we have a, just an incredible uh, group of people. You know, some of them are pretty experienced and like me have, have traveled around a bit and um, they're big fans of rock. They have a passion for the format and um, we sort of, you know, try to work together on uh, where we're going and, uh, We've got a passionate group of listeners that, that aren't afraid to uh, tell us what they think about us when they like what we're doing. And, and, and even more importantly, they share the stuff they don't like, whether it be a song or how we're presenting something. They'll tell us. The Defenders of Real Rock. This is Ottawa's own Rebel 1017. You know, the station's um, an active rock station. We're very current. We play a lot of new music. This weekend, we're doing the, uh, and I guess I guess that's how we uh, came in contact. We're doing the uh, Rebel Fest 2020. One of the things that we've done, we've done uh, a Rebel Fest in uh, 2018. We did a down at Lansdowne Park, and we did it the year before Calabogie. But festivals are big, big monsters in, in as far as, you know, time. So we moved to, um, we do uh, a thing we call um, the Rebel 1017 Concert Series. And last year, we did seven of them. You know, they're one-off shows. And it's an opportunity to uh, bring in an emerging Canadian artist and then also have some local bands open, open up for them. So we, it's really uh, taken off. And, um, you know, I guess right now, we're not sure what the, the future holds for, for that kind of opportunity. Ottawa's got this amazing rock music scene. You know, that's sort of what got us there is we have a bunch of local bands we play. And, you know, they're... They're not superstars, but they're certainly, they're good enough to play on the radio. And um, we're going to open up our, our Rebel Fest with uh, with an hour of local music. You know, the first three bands will be this year's finalists for our rock search. It's just uh, unfortunate that we're, you know, we were never able to finish that off. Before we get into talking a little more about Virtual Rebel Fest, how has the station been weathering the last six weeks? As an independent, yeah. does that come with its own set of unique challenges? Or have you, you know, have you had to make staff reductions like other radio groups? What, what's it been like for you? Well, yeah, it's been crazy, pretty crazy. Like, you know, the first six months of this year, like on the revenue side, we were like 17% ahead of last year. You know, and that was bucking the trend in radio. Like, radio wasn't having that kind of year across the country. But we were way ahead locally and nationally. And really, and then all of a sudden, it was, you know, on March 18th. Well, it was a couple of days before that on the 16th. I, you know, you could see what was happening. And uh, I'd been talking the week before to uh, our CEO, Ed Torres, about it. And I said, you know, like, this is going to go south. And um, so what we did is I was the first person that we laid off. And I told the staff that I was going to get laid off. I was going to continue to do my, my duties on a volunteer basis remotely. But we had to, you know, do some changes. And I, at that point, later on that after, and I said there'll be more layoffs. So we laid off a few more people, our midday person, some of our swing people, and our promotion director. 
you know, our morning team's on air, our music scheduler, tra- and uh, the, he's doing the traffic. Uh, Christian is, he's doing traffic, uh, music, and production. We've kept him on, and everybody else has been laid off. But, you know, our afternoon drive host, Cub Har- Carson, you know, he's still coming in, doing a show every day, and playing a great show. Um, Jameson, our midday, he's doing a reduced show, but he's doing a couple hours daily. You know, people are, are still pitching in because it's it's different it's really like i've worked in the corporate setting and 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 they've been great places and i've learned a ton but it's just different like people um our team really wants they believe in the station they believe in what we're doing it's a lot of fun it doesn't pay all that well but uh, you know uh, a lot of cases radio never has paid that well but it you know we're getting by and uh, you know we're talking now about you know how do we get geared back up and you know, how do we start bringing people back? Because it looks like that things are going to slowly start to open up and, you know, figuring a safe way for people to work to make sure that everybody's safe. Because right now it's, you know, with only the morning team, the afternoon team, um, or the afternoon announcer coming in, we're able to, you know, keep the studios pretty clean after each other and, you know, nice and safe and that sort of thing. And there's, you know, nobody else is coming into the station, basically. I think a lot of you know, people have questions about what this looks like going forward. When do you bring back promotions? When do you bring back your commercial producers? Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, th- I think, um, you know, we're starting to talk about those things and uh, we'll probably start bringing different people sometime in mid-June. You know, personally, I, I think right now thinking is bring back afternoon drive host first and then look at the salespeople. And then, you know, sort of see how it, how it goes from there. The big challenge is, is nobody really knows, right? And um, I, I think it, it's going to take a long time before back to normal. You know, a big part of our business was restaurant bars and, and concerts and shows and promotions. And, you know, it's, it's not going to be the same. I don't know how it's going to end up. You know, there's concerts, shows getting rebooked for later this fall, but we'll see. You know, how long it's going to be before we can have you know, 400 people in a bar, 800 people in a, in a venue to, to see a band, right? That may be a while. And are people going to go back to restaurants? I, I suspect people will be a little bit more cautious and they'll have to open up with some social distancing. But I also think what's going to happen is there's going to be less dollars for spending out there, but some people are going to want to be, want a bigger share of the pie. So some people are going to step up and try to um, advertise and market and get you know, a bigger share of the of the marketplace. I think we're in the right spot to take advantage of that. I've, you know, we've got a great local sales team and our audience, a lot of our, our local customers are listeners and they're pretty passionate about the station. I believe we'll, we'll have to make some deals. And like right now, I'll tell you one of the things we're doing, Connie, is we're building free, like if some, some of our local clients didn't have e-commerce websites, we've built free um, websites for them. We're running free ads all through uh, March, April, May, and June. You know, so if someone's open trying to do business, you know, we're giving away tens of thousands of dollars in advertising and uh, websites. Like we've uh, probably built a dozen websites for people over this period. Uh, We work with a company called Honey Badger and we white label our uh, digital solutions with them. Hey, you need a website. You need to get your website up so you can do business. We'll build you the website. We don't get the national attention on that some of the big companies would get about some of their offerings, but we've, we've stepped up and our customers know it and, you know, we'll help them. 
you know, we've got lots of customers that, uh, that are shut down that are going to reopen. And, you know, if they open, we're going to help them whether they have money or not, right? That's how we view it. We're in it with, uh, with our partners and uh, we'll work with them. And I think we'll come back like stronger than we were. I think the things that we've done in the marketplace are a little bit different and um, it's pretty grassroots, but that's, that's stuff that resonates with people, you know, and uh, I think that's going to go a long way for us. So let's talk about your listeners because the whole idea of virtual rebel fest was born out of the fact that a, that a really disproportionate amount of your audience, they are those concert goers. Yeah, like our, our audience likes, like they're, they go, they spend a lot of money restaurants in the past, shows, uh, they go to concerts, and, and they can't right now. You know, I was talking to uh, one of our announcers, our weekend guy, does some production work for us, JD, and he was saying, you know, I did this thing at uh, the station I was at, and um, we, we did like a concert on the weekend, right? I said, well, you know, we used to do Rebel Fest, right? And he said, yeah. And uh, I said, well, we should do Rebel Fest 2020. And this was just the beginning. We had our, our first meeting on it a week ago, Monday. So just, you know, a week and a half ago. And I uh, got together with Christian and JD, and we sort of bounced around some ideas. And then we got the announcing team on a, on a, on a conference. And we said, hey, what do you think of the idea? They loved it. We put together a list of the bands that um, we think our audience will, will enjoy. What did we do? An hour here, an hour and a half here, two hours. Like Rage Against the Machine was supposed to come to uh, Blues Fest this year and it was a big selling show. And we're the only station in the market that plays Rage. And, um, you know, that, that helped. And then, you know, a few weeks ago, uh, Mary uh, Jelly from Warner called me up and said, hey, Metallica is doing these Facebook concerts from the past on Monday nights, would you be interested in letting people know? And then you could have, you know, copies of it and replay it afterwards. And yeah, that's awesome. So we, we put, you know, this, this weekend will be the third weekend we'll do in Metallica. It's a show from Austria. It's a black album, I think, but um, it's exciting. We've got good response from people. People have really enjoyed it. So we just thought like, Hey, let's put together. It's, you know, it's not going to be all live music, but it's, you know, you're going to, you know, on Saturday, you're going to get a, you know, an hour and a half of Pearl Jam at noon, right? And we sort of normally uh, with a concert, you know, during the day you have your, your opening acts and you bring your, your big act on at the end of the night. And, you know, we wanted to uh, make sure that our audience had access to it. And midday on the weekends, we have big audiences and um, we wanted to make big shows available to them. You know, one of the things we do, we play a lot of new new rock. We're one of the more current rock stations in in the in our format in Canada and the U.S. So each day we're going to have a two-hour showcase of new music, so people can can hear some of the new music we're playing all at, all at once, right? Like sometimes it might get a little bit lost on air, but yeah, we're pretty excited. Uh, the feedback's been great, and it's different. You know, we we do we do some things that are a little bit different, so. Uh, should be fun. You mentioned that the announcers are having a lot of fun with this because, you know, yeah. how, how many jocks get to bring on Pearl Jam? Yeah, nobody. That was sort of the thing. Like, how do you how do you divvy all that up too, right? It's fun. They, they, they like that. You know, we do, with our concert series, we've done it. The announcers really dig uh, getting on the stage in front of these 
these venues and we've packed all the, when we've done shows, they've basically mostly been so, sold out and they get on stage in front of our fans and the band's fans and um, interviewing the band. So this should be a lot of fun for them. They're looking forward to it. You touched on adding new music and in an earlier conversation we had, you talked about uh, the fact that a lot of new music has been added recently during this pandemic period. What's yeah. driving that? I think some of it, you know, it's the timing that was stuff probably being worked on. You know, it's like it's tons of new music coming down. There's lots to listen to. But I think it'll even be probably six months from now, a year from now, it'll be, I think it'd be incredible the amount of new music coming out. You know, all these bands during this time will have, you know, normally, especially the um, the mid-level bands, are, they, they tour a lot, right? And, you know, they're on the road, they're playing every other night or every night. And now they have time maybe to, to think about things and, um, you know, put some music together. I, I think it's going to be uh, exciting, exciting time, but there's just, the amount of new music coming out is, is exciting. And I, and I think rock, from my perspective, I've been listening to rock for a long time. I think it's, it's fantastic the way it sounds now. And, and, you know, the presentation of it's different, right? Like you, they shared that song, Fallen in uh, Reverse, uh, the band Fallen in Reverse, Popular Monster with you. Like it's just different how they, they present, they're presenting themselves and, and the sound. It's, there's more bands incorporating rap, it's sort of a rap, style with the rock and it's cool it's diverse too right it's you know I, I think back you know I was listening to rock music in the 70s and and bands sounded really different and I think you're getting that again where the you know it's not so formula the bands sound really different and you know there's a, a female band out of Toronto I think we're one of two stations in the com- country to play them they're called the Andy Queens they're sort of a punk kind of band and it's neat it's really good music. It's it's different. It's 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 got it's got some passion to it. The Who, the new Who with the uh, uh, Wolf Totem, like it's Mongolian rock. Like it it makes you dance, right? It makes you shake, and, and like to me, that's what rock's got to do. It's got to, you know, does it make you move your shoulders? Does it make you nod your head, or you're bobbing with it? Like, and there's so much of it out there that's doing that right now. As an independent, do you think you have more leeway to take a few more risks? And and do you think that do you think that stations, generally speaking, have capitalized on the opportunity that all the pandemic listening at home has created? Yeah, that's a, that's those are good questions. I guess one of the things, like my observation of, of radio, is this: you know, one time when I first got in the business. There's a whole bunch of guys that own radio stations, right? And there was program directors at every station. And every station, you know, had lots of jocks on the air. And there was a feel to each station, right? You know, if you listen to a, a rock station, like Shea in 1977 came on air and so did Q107. They sounded very different. You know, Harvey Gladdy owned Shea at the time. He was big into independent rockers, breaking stuff. And, 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 and Q was, you know, more crunchy. Like, it, you know, they played lots of ACDC, Led Zeppelin stuff. And that was current music at the time, you know, where Shea was super tramp, Genesis, other stuff like that and more eclectic sounding, right? But now, you, you know, what my observation is, is music super tested. It's tested in auditoriums, especially the small and medium markets, medium-sized markets. They're not programming the station and market. They're, you know, someone's programming them from a cluster. It's more cluster-based. 
you know, it makes sense. You know, a, a publicly traded company is looking for synergies. They're looking for shareholder value. And, and, and that's how they sort of approach things. How can we create the most value here, right? You know, you go buy 100 stations from another company. Well, you got to pay the bank back, right? So you got to look for savings. Where as an independent, you know, we look at stuff as how does it test and do people like it or not. But we can, for the new, new music, you know, we can, we can put it out there. And if it doesn't work after two or three weeks, we take it off. But we're still subject to the ratings too, right? Like our, our rates are based on our audience performance. We've got a little bit of a different niche. Probably if you listen to most stations, they're looking for um, female audiences, right? Like the AC stations, the top 40 or the DHR stations. It's about driving that, you know, that person. Women control a lot of the, the spend in the marketplace. So I think that's evolving how, how money's spent in, in families. And so we still, we still got to deliver an audience for advertisers. We're, we're focused on uh, males. And that doesn't mean ch- females don't rock. They do. Like we've got lots of female listeners that rock. It's just not going to be ever. That's not where we're going to win. But we're going to win with the females that do, that do like to rock because they do like us. You know, they want, I think there's a, there's a, there's a pent up demand to hear, to hear new rock. It's different as an independent. You have people who've joined us and oh, I want to work in independent. I'm tired of the corporate world, but there's some advantages to the corporate world. You got to make a move. You got to access the capital. You can buy market share by, you know, increasing your ad budget. We're not in that position. You know, like we just can't go out and buy the latest, greatest thing, right? We, you know, we make profits, but we don't have access to this, you know, the, the borrowing power or the, or, or the, that, that a bigger, bigger company would have. So it just, you know, we can move faster on some things, uh, on other things, you know, we sort of have to bide our time and save our money, just like I was when I was a kid. With, with everything that we've seen since the beginning of the pandemic, uh, you know, with a lot of outlets closing, yeah. do you think there's a case to be made here for more independently owned media? Well, if you want a diverse voice out there, you should have, I don't know if we'll ever go back, right? The radio as an industry likes to talk about being local. I don't know how you can really be local when, you know, your announcers aren't based in the market you're in. You know, Ottawa, we've got syndicated shows on a morning show. You've got people doing voice tracking from other markets. You're not getting the diversity within the buildings. And, and, and I don't think you're going to get a diverse voice when there's so many stations are owned by so few uh, ownership groups. I don't think it makes radio better. I don't think it's bad. I still think it's great medium. And I think, you know, the corporate companies, a lot of them are doing great jobs with the stations they have. You know, as I look at what people add on their stations, you know, like there's a couple of stations in BC that seem to be, and they're in a smaller market. They're owned by uh, uh, Patterson, but out of Nanaimo and Kamloops, they're rock stations. They look like they're on top of new music. But that's a smaller chain and uh, Quebec City, the rock station out there seems to be really on top of what's going on new. I just find that I can go and listen to certain group station in different markets and it's the same station to me. Like it's same, like there's no nuances that make it Toronto or Ottawa or Winnipeg or Calgary or Edmonton. It, it sounds like the other station. So um, Anyways, that's just, that's my opinion. And, you know, I, I think too is one of the things I think about, you know, like CanCon, like we run 40% CanCon and, and that's not, 
that's not an issue. It's not a, it's not a problem for us because there's so much good new rock out there. That's, that's Canadian. Like you got guys, you know, Palio Royale, Monster Truck, the Lazies, you know, and not counting like, and then you got Billy Town that's, that's huge or um, other, you know, many others that are great. But, you know, one of the things I wonder is I go like, why when, you know, when you got CanCom, why does a song from 30 years ago rate the same as a song? If you like, because originally, why did they put CanCom in there? It was to develop new Canadian music, right? So why wouldn't a current song that's say, let's say that's two or three years old, count for one and a quarter as CanCom? Maybe a song that's three to 10 years old counts for one. And something that's maybe 10 years or older is 0.75. Like, it just doesn't seem like it's very arbitrary. If they're really interested in developing Canadian music, radio stations play a lot of Feast of SoCan, right? And where is that money end up going? It's not going to the, you know, they do some stuff for new artists, but I, I don't think that it's working its way down to that band that's, you know, like a Monster Truck or Lazies or Pally Royale or the Annie Queens or Canadian band that's, you know, they're in their van, you know, they're making new music they're playing city after city but it's safe you know to play brian adams what they want in in radio too is you know they're looking at maybe allowing more ownership in the in more than two fms and two am for the cost right so you know how does that really help audiences it brings down costs and stuff like that and i i, I don't i don't see how that makes our medium better there's lots of people still tuned to radio Radio is still, you know, it still has the biggest reach of all the mediums, right? And I think the problem is it's, it's all, it's the same. Like if you had different people running different, there'll be different ideas. There's a fear in radio to make a mistake, right? Like you got you can't be fearful of making a mistake on air or playing the wrong song, right? You just, you want to try to do your best. You don't want to make a mistake on purpose. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like, you think you're going to try something, you're going to make mistakes, right? And if you're not making mistakes, you're not, you're, you're not trying hard enough, right? Like, you know, a downhill skier and, and you don't wipe out once in a while, but you're not pushing, you're not pushing it. You know, and I remember working for a guy, um, John Hayes, he, he had the, uh, all the GMs in the different markets. And he says, you guys aren't making mistakes. You're not trying hard enough for me. Right. I remember hearing that. And I go, yeah, he's right. You know, and how do we develop our new talent? Right. Like there's, if you can't do afternoon drive and wherever, some small market and, and learn how to do it. Who's going to be the next brother, Jake, you know? I was going to say we lost CKOC Hamilton's Nevin Grant earlier this month. And, and yeah. if, you, if you look at, if you look at every obituary, including the one that I wrote, you know, he was, he was known as a, as a hit maker. How many markets now have a station that, you know, has that reputation? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think there's very many, right? Like, listen, when I listen to different radios, it doesn't matter the format. I don't see many risks being taken or hear many risks being taken. There's a Canadian artist that we're playing right now, and uh, the record rep called me up. He says, You should play a song. I go, Oh, man. I don't think so. Like, it sounds pretty country, right? But it really had a really good groove to it. And it really, you know, like I said, it made your shoulder shake and your head bob, right? And, it's uh, Corey Marks, Outlaws and Outsiders, right? And almost every rock station was playing in the States. And it, the streaming numbers are huge. And then I checked the streaming numbers in Canada. And the streaming numbers are huge, right? Like, well, maybe I'm wrong. And you listen to it. So we've played it. 
We've been playing it for about uh, three weeks now. And, you know, it's sort of a mixed opinion on it. And, and it's not like a 50-50, but there's a small percentage of people saying, you know, what are you doing playing that song? It's country. But there's some people say, geez, I, I love that song. It's great. You know, and it reminds me of, you know, in the day when sort of the mid to late 80s with Steve Earle and Blue Rodeo, right? Both country artists, but they ended up on rock, right? But it fit, you know, like, because he had the attitude. And what, what is rock? I think there's four of us that are playing that song. You know, I think uh, a few country stations added last week. But when we first started playing it, only rock stations were playing that artist, right? And so somebody's taking chances. I think the Americans, and then if you look at who owns rock stations, it's there's a lot of smaller ownership groups that own rock stations in the States, it appears to me anyways. Is there a note you want to close on, Tim? I think there's still a lot of, of, of us that are really passionate about radio in the business. I think Canadian um, rock music is is really strong right now. The artists are really strong. I think we got to do more to help them, and and it's help the emerging guys. And it's and, and I don't think you know it's we got to figure a way to spread some of the the revenue that uh, radio is paying to play the music more to the the, the emerging artists. Thanks so much for joining us, Tim. <laughs> I, I'm pretty nervous. It's the first time I ever did anything like this. Thanks for listening to Broadcast Dialogue. For more information about the podcast or to receive exclusive access to our weekly briefing about the Canadian media industry, visit us at broadcastdialogue.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, connect with us on LinkedIn, and follow us on Twitter and SoundCloud. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com.